Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmati, brought to you by lisatarmati.com. Hi, everybody. Lisa Tarmati here at Pushing the Limits. And this week, I have my favorite person, Neil Wagstaff, on the podcast, who's been on here so many times, I can't count anymore, because he's my offsider at my Running Hot Coaching, our company. So welcome to the show, Neil. Thanks, Liz. Nice welcome, as always. Like being your favourite person, that's cool. I like that. <laughs> Besides my husband, of course. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a fair <laughs> And my thing money. <laughs> um, now, Neil has just been up at the FitEx Awards, which are New Zealand's uh, fitness industry awards, and there's also a three-day conference um, alongside this. And he has just come back with the Manukuru Award. So I want to congratulate my mate on winning the Manukuru Award. Now, this is for excellence in leadership and work ethic, and there's something that his peers have nominated him for because he is a really major player in the fitness industry and fully deserves this award. So congratulations, <laughs> mate. Well done. Thank you, mate. Thank you. <laughs> Making me laugh a little. <laughs> is your head growing a little bit? <laughs> yeah, my, cheeks, my cheeks are getting rosy a bit, I think. <laughs> no, well done, mate. The Manukuru Award at the FitEx, that's a really um, top-notch thing to, re- to receive in the fitness industry. So we're really, really proud. And I'm not surprised, to be honest. I mean, you're just absolutely legend, as you know. Um, so congratulations on that. I think the really cool thing about the award as well, Lisa, is, um, and it's very touching to get it. It's very, very cool. But it mentions the people around you. So it, it's, it's really a great reminder to me that that. I can't do what I do. We can't do what we do without the people around us. Yep. So having having good people around us makes a massive, massive difference. So, you know, for me, it's, it's not just about what I'm doing. It's about what, what we're doing and and really thankful to the people that um, that we've got around us and I've got around me. So it's very, very cool. Yeah, and that just really shows how humble you truly are because um, a lot of it is down to you. But, yes, your team is important. And last week I had on the show Dr. Rob Bell, uh, and he has a book called No One Does It Alone and that, well, no one gets there alone, and that's definitely true for this case as well. Um, and we're always a team effort, usually for everything. Even all the races that I used to do, I used to think, crikey, here's me getting the medal, but without my crew, I wouldn't be standing there. <laughs> there, should yes. be, there should be medals for the crew as well. <laughs> yeah, life's about team. Life is about team, and um, it's anyone who says they do it on their own, is they often raise an eyebrow because there's always, there's always very yeah. strong people behind them. These Always self-made people are probably not so self-made. <laughs> right, so well done again, mate. And Thanks, buddy. Now, Thank you. On this podcast, guys, we wanted to talk about the stuff that Neil um, saw at the FedEx Awards, or, or conference, sorry, um, because this is like the cutting edge of the latest in the fitness industry, and he learned a whole lot of great things, and we always like to stay up on the latest in science and the latest developments. Um, so, Neil... Take us through what you learned on this incredible uh, few days up in Auckland. So the, we had a great, real good keynote um, uh, at the start of the weekend, which was where everyone comes together and, and goes through that. And the, um, the, the chief executive, the, 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 the guy that heads up um, Exercise New Zealand, he gave us some guidelines which nearly had me falling off my chair. I knew we, were, we weren't where we needed to be from an activity point in New Zealand, but it's when I heard the stats and the... Um, and looked at the numbers, it was quite shocking. And often the, I find myself in a little bubble with the people I work with because we're all very active. 
where we're at at the gym, where we're at with our business, we're surrounded by people who are active. But across New Zealand, the World Health Organization guidelines, we are the 13th worst in the world for inactivity. Holy heck. The 13th worst in the world for our kids. 90% of our children don't meet the daily guidelines of 60 minutes of activity a day. That's 90% of our children wow. are not meeting the, the activity guidelines of 60 minutes a day, which isn't a huge amount of time of, of physical activity. Our adults are just about on 50% of meeting the guidelines of 30 minutes a day. That's, that's half our population who aren't meeting the, the activity guidelines of 30 minutes a day, which, again, isn't a huge amount, of, huge amount of time as well. And for obesity, we're sitting at number three. Number three in the whole number world? Three in the whole world. So what that, what that, after I fell off my chair, picked myself up and brushed myself down, it, it really sort of hit, it hit home to me. And a, and a message I want to send from, um, from this podcast today and for our listeners is, is share what you are doing. I know a lot of our listeners will be active, they will be moving, but you will be an inspiration to those around you. You're in a position to, to teach and educate those around you. You're in a position, and more importantly, to teach and educate our children. Mm. So please, especially over the, the up-and-coming holiday period, take the time to, to be that role model. Take the time to, to, to get active with the family, get out with the family. Don't worry if you over the next few weeks, if you're not hitting your runs exactly, don't, don't panic. But do make the time to get out with your family. Get walking on the beach. Get walking on in the in the local parks. Walking on the local trails and get the family moving. And just let everyone around you know how important that is. And let everyone around you know what what is going on in our our community in our country because we need to get moving. We need to move more regularly. We need to really address our health, our obesity epidemic, and we need to do something about this quickly so that we're in a position to to reverse that because there's a lot of choice for activity out there. There's a lot of options, but they are clearly not hitting the mark. They are not oh. hitting the mark at all. So and be that role model, have, be that person. Sorry, Liz. This is going to have massive consequences for our health system. Yeah, it's huge. Diabetes huge. And, and all the obesity diseases, yeah. cardiovascular disease, all these things that are knock on. If, if our children are not, you know, we used to, we used to have such active childhoods. I mean, I had you know, a wonderful childhood running around all day, every day. Um, and and that's, if that's not the case now, then those kids aren't learning those habits and those routines, and that's going to be a disaster for the health, uh, you know, the medical system in New Zealand. And, I mean, this is not just New Zealand. This is happening, obviously, across the board. We all oh, it's a worldwide, it's a worldwide problem. There are, there are stats, but every, every country is facing similar things. And, I mean, just look at how much time you and your family are spending on screens over the holiday period. Look at how much time you do in general. Um, if you're trying to get something done at the, and, and your family are on screens while you're trying to get something done, it, it's plan some time, take some time out where you are actually moving. Yeah. doesn't need to be high intensity, but get yourself and the family out moving. And just ask yourself, look at those stats. Are you one of the 50% that is meeting the guidelines or are you one of the 50% that is missing them? Um, so if, if, if that's the case and with your children, you know, you wanna, we want to really reduce that 90% so that of children each day and really it, it, not much gets my blood pressure up but this does because that the, there's a responsibility from our schools as well there's a responsibility from our schools to, to take this on board as well and, and look at how much movement the um the children are doing each day as well yeah and as you've got three little kids who are extremely active i know how much you put into their activity and to keeping them on point and you know i come around to your place and you've got the kids bloody without doing their own thing i, I mean i was always surprised i'd come 
come around and the, the three and four year olds are doing like kettlebell swings and stuff like this. It's like insane. Or little, a little Cam, what did he do? Like a 12K last year and he got beaten by his big sister this year, I think, um, running what, 15K up the mountain or something. Uh, insane for little kids. Um, doesn't have to be to that level, guys, but, uh, you know, you are a role model for your children and they will do your what children you do. Your children will be there, watch, yeah, they, they do what you do and watch what you do and yeah. be there. And the, the other thing I just wanted to add in as well, and you, you know better than anyone, at least the importance of brain health. Mm-hmm. So the, the connection with activity and brain health is, is phenomenal. So this isn't just about movement. This is about development of, of, uh, of the brain as well and from an education point of view and a learning point of view and an experience point of view. And as we're, you know, we're using more and more, Lisa, from our ep- the epigenetics point of view with our epigenetics program, yep. the importance of mind with that and, and the connection of how we all develop our mind and use our mind is, is key. So this is a massive, <laughs> a huge, a huge topic and something we're both very passionate about. But the simple message out of it is please, please, please think about what movement you're doing each day because it's, it's not just about activity. It's not just about weight. It's about... It's about learning resilience. It's about development of um, of the brain and mind, and it's about you know allowing our children to become become good good healthy people as they grow up as well. Absolutely, and that sort of um, goes into our next topic, which was around the the stress and emotional uh, the effects of stress on the body, because this is another thing that that ties in. Uh, very much. You heard another good, great, great speech up there. Yeah, I went to see uh, one of um, one of one of my mentors, who's who's taught me a lot over the past few few uh, few years, Angela Lee, and she she was uh, delivering a session called um, Issues in the Tissues. So your tissue, basically, the message that's coming out of it, your tissue, as in your um, your muscles, yeah, all the all the connective tissue across your body will carry a lot of your emotion. So it's the structure of our body, you can have injuries and niggles that are caused not by necessarily by postural problems that are not caused by a lack of flexibility, but actually caused by emotion. So a simple comparison is a lot of listeners, I'm sure, will have experienced when they get tired or stressed or anxious, they feel tension around their neck and shoulders. But that can manifest itself all over the body. So a couple of good examples when we've done some um, release work with um, some, some of our clients one-on-one and some of the members here at the gym as well. I've had people who've actually released... Um, uh, release some um, some of their body they burst into tears because mm. that that part of their body has been carrying carrying the emotion. So it's something to be very aware of as well. That if your body is tight, if it's restricted, it's feeling uncomfortable. And for those that, of you that are runners that are listening, it, it might it might be that the stretching just isn't working. You've got to address the emotion with the with the good movement and the the stretching and relaxation work to release the release the emotion. All of a sudden, you'd be moving moving a whole lot better. The response to stress in our body, and this was a great point I took away. We've talked a lot, Lisa, about the, the flight or fight response. Okay, what, what Angela did very well and just reminded me of as well, there's also a freeze, a freeze response. Now, the freeze response is, is which what a lot of us are doing in this day and age. We're no longer fighting, staying and addressing an issue. Yep. And therefore, we're, getting, we're, allowed, we're able to release all those stress hormones. We're not flighting and running away and releasing all the stress hormones that we've built up in our body, we're actually freezing and submitting to it. Yeah. We're freezing in place, submitting to um, the, stress re- the stress response we've been given. And if that can't be released by fighting or fighting, all yep. of a sudden yep. that's just loaded into our, into our body and into our tissue, which then results in, in a, pretty, a, a, a pretty tight body. Um, 
Does that mean that when the boss yells at you at work next time, you should fight back? It's <laughs> <laughs> in order to keep yourself healthy, or should you run away in that case? <laughs> it, it, it needs to be released. So it, how, it's, how it's released, going to, lay, going to lay one on your boss probably isn't the best advice. No, don't go and punch your boss. We're not saying that. <laughs> But let it out somehow. Yeah, let it out somehow. And if that comes out in a constructive discussion with your boss, then, then great. Or if it comes out with a, a, a discussion with your partner at the end of the day or a loved one, then, then perfect. If it comes out through um, some exercise activity, then great. The key message here is it needs to be coming out because if it's not, and this can be, you know, it, we've look, I've looked at a lot of the research on it and there's the stuff that some people will be carrying from childhood and teenage years that is now causing and has continuously built up our current structure of our body is a, is a great representation of the emotion and stress we've been through over, over previous, previous years. Yep. And managing that and releasing it is, um, is key. She led in very nicely from there, just talking about the importance as well of with this in mind and how we control our emotions throughout the day and how we feel about ourselves is the importance of power poses, which I know you understand really well and you use a lot of them. Yep, spending pose. a day sat at a desk in, in, a, in a hunch position is, is going to leave us feeling by the end of the day pretty, pretty uncomfortable and pretty depressed and poor about ourselves. So changing that body position can have a massive physiological and hormonal benefit as well. Which, which really changes how we feel. So what did you talk us through some of the things you do, Lise? Yeah, I'll um, just give you a bit of an example of what the hell we're talking about with power posing. So um, just one example that I use on a regular basis, you know, I do a lot of speaking on, on stages and sometimes big scary stages. And, um, you know, when I start to feel the nerves and, you know, I've been doing it for 13 years and I still feel nerves every time, um, I go somewhere quiet, uh, even if it's in the, in the toilets or somewhere, and I do some power posing, which might sound a bit weird. I go around, you know, beating my chest and I, you know, rocky at the top of the Philadelphia stairs there and things, uh, and st- standing in a really strong position and being what they call power posing releases testosterone into my body and makes me feel more courageous and stronger. It's an actual physical thing. And I've talked about this before, like, for example, what the All Blacks do, you know, do the haka before they go into the game. And that was done traditionally because that pumped up the the, the men going into battle back in the day in in the Maori, uh, you know, back in the war days. Um, with our tribal people, they would do the haka to psych themselves up. And that psyching themselves up is really releasing the hormones. So you don't have to take it to that level. But by doing a little bit of power posing and straightening up and even like putting a smile on your face when you don't feel like it, it actually causes a change and a difference in your hormone hormones that are being released into the body and that will change how you feel. Um, you know, that's a little bit of the fake it till you make it. You know, you put a smile on your face and, and then after a couple of minutes you start to feel actually better. You stand up straighter and you feel stronger. You're hunched over all day. Um, I was yesterday at the chiropractor with my mum. We're trying to get her spine straightened out. And I said, you know, I'm really struggling to get her to stand up straight and, you know, pull her head back because of the brain injury. And he said, yes, that's because when you have a, an injury of this nature, your body's response is to go into that fetal position, is, is to, to hunker down and protect your your heart, your chest, your areas that are that are vulnerable. So but then it becomes a chronic situation which you, you're hunched over like this. So now I have to try to re, you know remind her and get her to pull herself up and nice and straight. And that's another example of the body's actually doing that to protect yourself in that instance, but it's no no longer a good thing in a chronic, you know, state. 
So your posture has a massive influence on how you feel and how you act and the hormones that are running around in your body. So try it out. Very, very true. And give, give some other good examples. If you think about anger, if you feel angry, then it's going to increase your heart rate, it's going to increase your breathing rate, your blood pressure. It will have your brain going at a great speed. You can have higher adrenaline and cortisol levels. Love in comparison, you're going to release your, um, your good hormones, your oxytocin, your dopamine. Blood pressure will come down. Breathing rate will come down. Heart rate will come down. And generally, you're going you're to feel good. Less anxiety, less depression. So practicing love is, is, is a very simple way to start feeling, feeling, feeling better about yourself. Practicing anger... Mm-hmm. It's it's and we were having this discussion uh, earlier on can actually make you and will actually make you put on weight. It will make you, yep. it can make you, it can make you fatter and will make you fatter. Whereas practicing love, you can you can lose you can lose weight. But if you think of examples in your life and um, times the the time with those you're listening where you you fell in love, you would have probably felt if you think back, it was one of your one of your healthiest times. Yep. You'd have felt great about yourself. You'd have been going through that period with your partner where you. Yeah, you're having fun, you're going out exploring the world together and it's, it's good times. That's important to work on that in life and it's important to work on that. so important in your relationship, not just for the stability of your relationship but for the stability of your health as well. From a physiological point of view, there's cool responses and things going on in your body. You're getting release of, as I said, the oxytocin, dopamine, which just makes you feel a, a whole lot better than excessive adrenaline and cortisol that you get with, you get with, with anger. And there's um, actually Dr. Bruce Lipton, who I've talked about endlessly on this podcast. He has a book called The Honeymoon Effect, um, which is all about that, uh, that, that, that in love feeling and how to, how to sustain that in love feeling and all the good sides of that. And I had, uh, it was a week, week before last, Dr. Paul Lawson on the show, um, the scientist who's an expert in HIIT training, and he was wearing a constant glucose monitor um, to to, to see what his sugar levels were doing throughout the day. And he had a bad email come through from his accountant. You know how your anxiety level goes up when you get an email from your accountant? I know mine does. Um, And it caused an angry response in him because there was something in the email. And he watched on his glucose monitor his his blood sugar levels go through the roof, even though he'd been fasting for 18 hours at this time because he did intermittent fasting. So in other words... His blood sugar went up without any food going into his mouth just from the reaction from his anger. Okay, so that's how powerful this is. So when people say to you, stress is the killer, we, we say it very glibly and very mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, but we've all got stress and stuff. It is a killer and it will cause you to put on weight and it will cause you to be more unhealthy and have problems. Um, so if your blood sugar levels are going up, uh, and you've got problems with diabetes or pre-diabetic or have some insulin resistance going on, that is going to damage your body. Um, another reason to go for a run very quickly and get that out um, and, and releasing that. But it's, it's that powerful. You have an angry response to someone in the traffic. You're not hurting the dude that you're giving the finger to. You're hurting yourself by having this emotional reaction. And when you understand that, you start to think about getting angry all the time because then you start to realize, well, actually, I'm not, I'm not doing any damage to anyone else. I'm doing damage to my own cells. Exactly. And by the same token, when we have gratitude in our heart, and we, there's a great book uh, by the HeartMath Institute, um, which is all about developing this, this, this muscle of gratitude and, and, and um, 
tuning in with your heart. And when you do this, it all sounds very airy-fairy, but it's absolutely based in science. When you have a feeling of gratitude, when you, if you're having a really bad moment, what I do is I imagine I'm stroking my cat, who I love dearly. And when I cuddle my cat, it calms me down. So when I'm having a response, I'll often think about my cat, as stupid as that sounds, but that calms me down a little bit, okay? Or it might be cuddling your baby or whatever it is for you or giving mum a hug or, or these things that, that would actually help you feel more gratitude and you're like thankful for that person or thankful for that, that little pet or whatever you have. And that changes your, your, your psychology and your actual biology immediately. That's spot on. Spot on there. Gratitude is practicing that on a daily basis. There's some other good things that have just been like either writing down, um, journaling, or just talking with your family about three things that have happened that day that are good. It really does change the physiology in your body. Connection is key as well. So connecting with people you want to spend time with. That could be husband, wife, family, friends. Never look. Often there's people, especially at the stage of life a lot of um, our listeners will be in, uh, haven't had connection with people that they want to because of other commitments with life, family, work. Take the time, especially in the, the holiday period coming up, to connect with those people again and just see how different it makes you feel. That is a, a, a really, it's, it's a, not just a, again, as you say, an airy-fairy thing. There's a, there's a very cool physiological response going on, hormonal response as you do that. And bring as much fun and laughter in as you can. Laughter makes you feel, feel, feel a whole lot better having fun in life. It's... When it's there, you're, and again, you look back into your memories. Some of the times you remember, you, you remember because of the amount of fun and laughter in those, in those times. But you want more health, you want more control of the physiology, then bring these, bring these things in. Interesting as well, Lisa, we've got about 80%, and Angela talked in, in quite a lot of detail about this, 80% of our serotonin is, um, is found and developed in our gut. Mm. So again, from, a, from another, looking at it as another one of our happy hormones, it's looking after your gut health is key. So the connection between gut health and one of our other, our other good buddies, Ben Warren, talks a lot about this as well. There's a connection between depression, anxiety, and gut health and general mood is, is huge. And this is the reason. If, if you've got issues with your gut, leaky gut, or the food you're putting into your body is not as good as it could be, then we're looking for stuff to make us feel better. The whole time we're fueling ourselves with stuff that's going to flare up our gut and cause inflammation, easy wins, and especially something to be conscious of coming into the holiday period, is what we're putting in. Mm. Because it's a time which should be happy, should be fun, should be hanging out with, with friends and families having a laugh. So put some quality stuff into, you, into your gut rather than stuff that's going to flare it up because that's going to affect the serotonin production, which then means from a happiness point of view, that starts, that starts, starts dropping, dropping down. Yep. So, and so, I think like on that point, you know, being like we're coming into the silly season and we're coming into times when we're going to be having lots of uh, family get-togethers, hopefully, and, and lots of good food and alcohol and all that sort of stuff. Um, and it's a hard time to be disciplined. Um, and, you know, a little bit of leeway and a bit of fun is, is, is cool. But if we go in a little bit prepared mentally for those situations, if we think about you know, on Christmas Day and, and the food that's going to be available and what am I going to do on that day um, so that you're not, like, hijacked by the surprise of, oh, my God, that pavlova that I've been dreaming about for ages is sitting on the table, you know. Um, and it's not to say you can't have any, you know. Like, it, it's, it's never, you know, we all have treats now and again as well. Um, the thing is to be prepared mentally because when you make yourself aware of what's going to come, then you can arm yourself for battle. It's like preparing for a race. And I talk about visualization a lot. 
um, preparing for that battle that's coming. And this is, a, in, in a way, a willpower battle. Um, and if you're prepared for it, you're more likely to have maybe a little bit of treats, but not too much treats so that you feel sick afterwards, you know. And we all have that, you know, um, Christmas afternoon, like, oh, what did I eat that for? Remorse, you know. Um, so if you go into it, being aware of it and then practicing this, you'll get easier. Our brains are just like muscles. When you start a new habit, when you start a new behavior, it's very, very hard at the beginning because you're creating a new neural pathway. But once you've done it 50, 60 times, it's just old hat and the, the brain is very much about conserving energy. And so it does what it, the path of least res resistance. And that means it does what it's used to doing. So you'll find after getting up every morning and having a routine, like a, a morning routine and the right foods, and you do it day in and day out, and the first few weeks it's terribly hard, there's a whole lot of willpower involved. But as the days go by, it becomes routine, and then it becomes easier and easier and easier to say no to the bad stuff because your brain is actually used to it and it just follows that same path. It doesn't think a lot of time, it just does. And this is the danger things when you program in your body negative things or you program in positive things, it will, it will work. Um, and one other point on that, um, the emotions that you attach to things is also a very important point. So like, for example, if I, if I go for a run and my whole thought process in the half an hour before the run and as I'm going out the door is I hate running, I don't want to run, but I have to run. I have to go because I, it's on my program and I've got to do it. Versus, oh, I'm so lucky that I can run and I can't wait to get out the door and have some time to myself and to be able to breathe in the fresh air. And think of all those people who can't do this and how lucky I am. Do you see the difference in that mentality? And that then has a massive influence on how you will perceive your future training sessions. When you program negativity with your exercise or with your food, it becomes an automated response. So the next time you go for a run, before you've even thought about whether you want to or not, your brain's going, oh, I have to run. I don't want to do this. It's already got that pre-programmed emotion with that activity. So it's really, really important to program, even if you're faking it once again, I love running. I am feeling positive about running. This is a privilege for me to do. And when you go out with that attitude, it will program your brain in that way that it associates exercise with fun and pleasure and not exercise with I have to and I hate this. And that will, and the same goes with your food. In fact, if you put food into your mouth that's not optimal, but you are actually believing this is really good for my body, it will be better for your body than if you actually uh, put good food in your mouth but go, I'm hating this, this is awful, because you're associating and then therefore the hormones and everything else um, is still affected by it. So in other words, your mental game is as important as the food you're putting in is as important as the exercise you're actually doing. And with that as well, with the, just the stuff on the mind and brain, it's just easy wins as well as hydration. We talk about this loads and I continue to talk about it because it's just such an easy win. I still see so many people that, that aren't looking after their hydration. They're looking for something else to fix. But your brain needs water. Your brain needs water. It needs hydration. Well, thinking well and feeling positive. 
and being able to just really reinforce everything you've just talked about there, then keep on top of your hydration, especially over the next the, the next few weeks of the holiday period. Think about your water, think about what's going in, hydrate the brain, the brain will feel a whole lot better, therefore your mood will be a whole lot better simply because you're you're getting some good quality hydration to the to the brain tissue. Especially when these times where, you know, alcohol is gonna be a part of a lot of parties for people and it's also hot and we're changing the seasons, so we're gonna need more water. And keep an eye on the older people in your family because older people tend not to have the same thirst um, mm -hmm. effects happening. So they don't feel the need for the water because their thirst doesn't work as well, but they actually need it. And then they go and often have a cup of tea and think that they're hydrating, whereas tea, coffee, alcohol are all diuretics. They actually take water away from your body. I know my dad is a, is a real bad one for this. I've had a cup of tea. You know, I don't need to have some more water. Oh, I had a bit of a drink out of the hose while I was gardening all day. And it's like, oh, Dad, you know, you've been out there for 10 hours in the bloody sun because he still does at the age of 80 and he hasn't had anything to drink, you know. And then he's wondering why his brain's not working. Well, that's why, you know, it's not dementia. It's straight, it's straight not having enough water. Um, and, in fact, a lot of the people that are admitted to hospital with dementia, older people, um, actually come right when they're put on a drip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, straight dehydration so if your older loved ones are um, not drinking like they should enough water um, just give them a gentle reminder that coffees and teas are yeah it's very true we're also lucky enough Lisa um, up at the conference to, to share what we do so we were lucky enough to have um, I did three talks while I was up there to the other coaches and trainers around the country um, one on running skills and drills um, one uh, a business one about how we've structured and set up our, our online training and um, also one on the runner's warm-up, the importance of that, and some good things that we use in our warm-ups, um, both online and, and in our one-on-one um, -on -one sessions and our the big seminars we do as well. So it was really cool to be able to share that, and it was really, again, very humbling and very cool to, to see how much the, the attendees and participants were taken away from it. So it's, it's just to remind everyone as well that we're – it reminded me as well that some of the stuff we're doing is, is quite different. Yep. Um, it is, it is um, from our perspective and our clients' perspective, is it is cutting edge and it's 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 getting good results. So if you're interested in finding out more about it, so people people can go to the website and go to lisatimesy.com and find out some more about it. And how's the best ways to connect with you, Lisa? Um, yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. I'm all over Instagram and Facebook at Lisa Tamati. Uh, on both of those um, and yeah, head on over to our website lisatamati.com under the programs button you'll find our three flagship programs we have our run coaching our online run training system um, which we have over 700 athletes I think now worldwide um, on this program it's a holistic program it's based around health as well as just running and we're not high mileage coaches as we've said quite a few times on this podcast we do everything about time efficiency and avoiding burnout and injury, which is really, really important, especially as a lot of our people are busy executives and got kids and got crazy careers. And as you know, the, the stress levels can be quite high. So when you um, are trying to run long, but also not blow yourself to pieces, then having the right combination and the right structure is really, really important. Um, so we're also, also health coaches and epigenetics coaches. So epigenetics testing is one of our major programs and in the coming weeks, we're going to be doing some uh, sessions on epigenetics. Um, this is the most exciting thing since sliced bread. It really is. It's, it's the next level in science. This is the first time in history that 
we have had access to this information about our own genes and our own body. It's the combination of 15 different sciences who've all put in their effort into this one online tool from hundreds of scientists around the world over the past 20 years have all worked on this. This is really next level, people. If you are feeling like one of those people is, I train, I eat right, I do everything right, and I'm not getting the results, I can guarantee you it's because the, the stuff that you're doing is not right for your genes. And this program will tell you exactly what to eat, when to eat it, how to eat it, what combinations. It'll tell you all about your the dominant hormones and the effects that these will have on your health. It'll tell you so much about your personality. It's not just about food and fitness. It's all about the mind, how your mind works, how your personality works, how you developed in the womb. This stuff is next level. Um, so we're super excited to be using this um, really cutting-edge tool. Um, and if you want to find out about that, if you're sick of not getting results, because the one-size-fits-all fitness industry is just not giving it to you. Um, and like we've been honestly frustrated with this for years. We train two people exactly the same, give them the exact same diet, and they get completely different results. We know that every trainer in the world will tell you that they've had that experience. That client that doesn't get the results because of their genes, because they're not doing the right thing. Um, so if you want to reach out to us um, and talk to us about that, that's our epigenetics program. And then the third program we have is all about mindset and mental toughness, um, which we call Mindset U is our online e-course there. If you want to take your mind to the next level, bulletproof yourself mentally, then that's the program for you there. Otherwise, you can reach out to me and Neil anytime. Um, just, yeah, via the website. Um, any last words today, Neil, before we wrap this one up? Go and do something that really releases your good hormones today. Go yeah. give yourself a hit of dopamine, oxytocin, go and, go and give someone a cuddle or a kiss. Go and laugh. Go and laugh loud. And, um, and just consider what you're putting into your body. Yeah, sounds good. So that's wrapping up for, for this week, and we'll see you again next week. Thanks, guys. See you, guys. That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review and share with your friends and head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatarmaty.com.